Welcome to Impressions, a podcast of non-genre-specific, impressionistic music recommendations. There's an accompanying Spotify playlist for each episode. You can find it on our website, impressionspodcast.com. You might want to listen to the songs before or after this episode, or you might want to listen along with us. We'll give you a cue. I got an impression. Ah. My name is Busy Hemphill. My name is Nick Forrest. So tomorrow is a full moon. You know that. Mm-hmm. August 22nd. Mm-hmm. It is also, in Chinese culture, the Ghost Festival. So we're coming at a great time. And so it's kind of a similar idea of like All Souls Day or Day of the Dead, but the idea that the other side walks among you. Mm -hmm. What a perfect time to record this. October is not the only spooky season in the world. Every time of year can be a spooky (laughs) season. The veil will be thin tomorrow. So the veil is thin. Super thin. What kind of ghosts are (laughs) reaching out to you at this moment in time? So any good ghost story in my mind starts with dimming the lights crowding around a table, and just telling this creepy ghost story. Also, I do want to mention, I structured my picks today based off of different types of ghosts. I love it. So the first one is sort of the charismatic ghost that's tied to a specific location. Okay. In my mind, it's the ghost that lives like under the floorboards or in the walls of the home. Mm -hmm. This is the ghost that you can communicate with and can communicate with you. And I think they have like a bodily presence in the home. Um, This first song is by Meryl Wagner, and it's a very sparse, minimalist song. I think there's a question like, is she the ghost or is she relaying the story of a ghost? And I think it works both ways. So this first song is called No Death by Meryl Wagner. Impressions. I think you use the term a charismatic ghost. Yes. Do you mind expanding on that a little bit? So I did some cursory research Great. on Wikipedia yep. about kind of like archetypal <laughs> ghosts. Cool. It's called a couple different things. I've seen it called like a charismatic ghost, the interactive personality ghost. Okay. This is one of the more common types of ghosts. I think when a lot of people in, in the West think about ghosts, they think about this kind of charismatic ghost. It's the ghost of a single deceased person. It's mm-hmm. usually someone you might have known or even just like you've heard of. It's like the ghost that peeks out of the window or the ghost that appears in the mirror. Right, and it's so associated with a particular time, place, person. Right. It has a real world I don't know. That's not the right word. It has a living world like analog or like there's a direct mapping on of a place to this ghost. Exactly. I mean, a ghost, ghost experts, <laughs> they will say that they retain their sense of self and their personality. Interesting. Um, okay. They might be trapped in like the time loop that they have right. to be in. Do they know they're dead? Exactly. I think that's the question. Like, I love stories where it's like, oh my God, I saw someone in like revolutionary war garb. We get a lot of that here in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And uh, so it's like, are they dead? Do they know they're dead? Mm, I don't know. Is it um, just I somebody would... dressed up and doing yeah. some Revolutionary War cosplay? Is it a historical interpreter um, like walking home at the end of their shift? Yes. Yeah. That's the term. But I like this idea that it's actually yeah. just cosplay. It is. Let's just like, it is cosplay, mostly for like a retired adults here locally. Yeah. <laughs> it seems fun. I, I'm not going to knock yeah. it, but it is cosplay. <laughs> Baby has 
has a swollen face, long stiff limbs, them eyes are black pits of a place where I've been. Okay, so, you know, we're talking about this charismatic ghost. It has this kind of physical association with the place or person. And what I found interesting about this song and the lyrics is that it is so much about the physicality of Mm -hmm. this body that has passed on. There's a line, something like, I'm going to move my hips within her until until the marrow is gone, something like that. But like needing to keep some physical trace of this lost love until it kind of like actually disintegrates in front of you, which... Mm -hmm. (sighs) I know. I get like some like Rose for Emily vibes from that. Just wanting to or even just needing to hold on to the physical remains of a lover or a memory or however you want to talk about it. It's like kind of tender and perversely sexy in a way as well. Definitely. I mean, I think this is a creepy ghost song, but it's also a love song. No, it definitely is. And listeners, A Rose for Emily, if you're not familiar, it is a short story by Faulkner. Very Southern Gothic. Um, This song pairs well with it. It's, I think, all we really need to say. (laughs) If you want, like, a nice Halloween read, consider reading A Rose for Emily. Yeah, and then listen to this song and maybe light a candle. Do you hear this crow outside? I I hear that crow. It's like, oh, my God. (laughs) They're laughing along with us. They're like, ah, ha, ha, ghosts are funny, right? They're not ghosts to us. They're just our friends. (laughs) We see them everywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's all around you right now. (laughs) I move my hips in her. I am home. I'll keep on loving till the marrow dries from her bones. No death can tear us apart. I'm going back to this, like, I think it's a Victorian idea of, like, the good death. Mm. You know, in this buttoned-up conservative Victorian society, death was so, like, turned into a spectacle in a lot of ways and kind of sanitized in some ways. But also, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm thinking about, like, hair jewelry and the ways in which it was, like, death was just sort of integrated into everyday life. And I'm specifically talking about, like, Victorian culture in, like, the U.S. (laughs) that I've encountered through being a gothic teenager. (laughs) But I think she feels responsible for ensuring that this person has... It doesn't feel like a smooth transition into the afterlife or into death. Well, it also feels like the singer is also preventing that smooth transition, too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's working against this idea of this kind of smooth, good death. Mm -hmm. I mean, she definitely doesn't want to be alone. I think I'm really generalizing here, but I think in a lot of cultures, like death rituals are really about just making sure that this person that has passed away is not alone. And I mean, I think Meryl Wagner, the singer, she's doing that in this song. She's definitely making sure this this person is never going to be alone. But in that, I think I'm also getting like this dead body. This person is also never going to get peace. Mm-hmm. She's going to be forever tied to the singer. Right. And in that in that mind, like maybe she murdered her. Yeah. Like accidentally. Or I, th- I think of someone also like concocting like a poison dinner. Yes. To serve. Kind of the yeah. long con of like the long poison exactly. dinner. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was holding this body in her home. In my mind, it was in a bedroom, Mm -hmm. and her intention was just to keep her there forever or put her under the floorboards or put her in a wall. Mm -hmm. It was that drive to just hold on to this this body because you loved it so much and you can't even comprehend that it's gone. I mean, it's definitely a lover in this song, but I don't know, maybe it's a child that died and it's a mother singing, like, or a parent, you know? There's definitely some, like, sexual, not even undertones, overtones. Overt tones, yeah. (laughs) So I take that back about the uh, parental relationship, unless it's really fucked up you know yeah (laughs) 
it was like that uh, X Files episode, Home. Remember mm-hmm. that? That I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All day I stay by her side, but death has a claim and a right to my bride. I shut the doors, pull the curtains, and hide. I heard something moving somewhere outside. No death can tear us apart. No death So speaking of can yeah. dead children, <laughs> that's actually a really good chance. What a great segue. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so the first song I want to play for you is called La Llorona. I also just want to say, like, in general, for me, ghosts are really sad. Yeah. They're scary, too, but yes. mostly they just make me so sad. Either they can't move on, something's preventing them, and often they're it just, at least the narratives that we create in kind of our, our Western U.S. understanding is, like, they are trapped and... Yeah. They're, they kind of like don't have the self-knowledge to realize that they're ghosts too. I know, I know. But La Llorona is, uh, so she's a figure. She's pretty common in a lot of Central and South American mythologies. She's always associated with water. And the basic story is that she is some kind of indigenous woman from Central or South America who had an affair with a conquistador or a ranchero, but some kind of Spanish colonialist. They had children, and the children died. She killed them. There's a number of different reasons why that may have happened. Some say that it's because the conquistador uh, refused to be with her and went to live with a Spanish woman. Others say that it was because that, quote, proper Spanish family of the conquistador and a Spanish woman were going to take the children away to live with them. So in any case, La Llorona does kill her children. And so she weeps and wails along various water sources in the southwestern United States, Central America, South America. And I first heard this song while driving through the kind of barren Mojave desert outside of Victorville. Um, And I was just tuning through the radio and the song definitely stopped me in my tracks. You know, I looked in the mirror and of (laughs) course, because I have a very active imagination or maybe I'm just open to the spirits. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I looked in the mirror and I definitely thought I saw somebody in my rear view mirror. In my back seat. Oh my, god. Um, oh my god. And I've talked to a lot of people in New Mexico about their like La Llorona experiences. And people have them, which I love. And they're not necessarily like, yeah. oh, I was so scared. Like this one guy was like, yeah, I picked up a hitchhiker mm-hmm. and I think it was La Llorona. Which oh it, I know, like in these ways yeah. of just like, she's <laughs> just a figure that exists uh-huh. in our yeah. world. She kind of hangs out on the Rio Grande. So La Llorona by Kid, Congo, and the Pink Monkey Birds. It almost sounds like a horror movie with like the organs and yes. the twangy bass and the creepy sounds in the background. Like It's almost like a campy B horror movie. Yes, um, definitely. And I, I just, I love how that 
frames the song so much. I also was thinking of like silent horror movies from the 20s, but how they oh, often yeah. had like live yeah. uh, organ scores that somebody would play in the theater as something For sure. was happening. For sure. But then we get this slide guitar that brings me to the West a little bit. Oh, like yeah. it's a little bit country. Like I'm like, okay, like I'm in a kind of a mountainous Western landscape. So it situates me in the space of the song and knowing the background of the story, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. The slide guitar almost felt like doors creaking. Ooh. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in the background of the entire song, there's these kind of squeaky, they sound like mice. Mm. In my mind, it sounded like her nails, like scratching against your car window when you're like parked in a parking lot or something. Or, I fucking love Oh, God. That, that was so scary to me. So And then there's scary. these moments where like all the instruments just drop and it's just the bass. That's when my heart rate picked up a little bit. I'm like, okay, like Ooh. I like imagine myself looking behind me and like before maybe she was like kind of just a little pinprick of light at the end of the road behind you. But now she's really, really gaining speed. And perhaps like you could see the features of her face now. <laughs> right. <laughs> or it's like in those dumb scenes in horror movies yeah, that yeah, always yeah. scare me if yeah. you see somebody at the end of the hall and then like the light flickers and then no. they're like right in in front of you, yeah. There's also something so like sexy. Yes. Like the drum beat. It's like I, I was like swaying my hips a little yeah. bit. You know, the, the previous song, No Death, there was a sexiness to it, but it was a perverse sexiness. Yeah. This one is just kind of sexy. I mean, it's it's still perverse because, you know, this woman might kill you <laughs> and wants to, but it invites you to be seduced by the ghost. And I love that. Like you do kind of want to shimmy a little, move your yeah. hips a little, kind yeah. of like in that scene in Firewalk with me when they go to One-Eyed Jacks and there's like, totally, yes. there's like a red light and a sexy mm-hmm. topless lady mm-hmm. and just a bass playing. So there's a, yeah, a dangerous seductive quality but at the end it's a little surf rocky kind of i think it's uh really interesting and i love watching how she's been reclaimed as Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. an icon Mm -hmm. of power and Mm -hmm. so hearing Mm -hmm. that i was like oh maybe she's just dancing in the river like she's having a great time in her spiritual body like i love that in my mind she was wearing a really specific outfit she was wearing like bustier with long fringe and like a fringy kind of flapperish dress and it was all dripping wet but also possibly dripping in like silver bedazzles um and just sort of like shimming her boobs and her hips oh my god that would look so good in the moonlight i know i hope she goes out tomorrow night and does that i hope so too and then she fucking gets you at the end. Like, there's a scream and she, she gets you. Yeah. Is it her or is it someone who sees her oh, and then right, is right, screaming? Right. But, and she's that. just like, I was just dancing. I, I don't know. know what you're doing. I think in my mind, like, if I saw her, I would probably scream until I have a heart attack and die. So, like. I know. I always like to think that I'm going to talk to ghosts and help uh-huh. them find out what they need. Absolutely. But yeah. I'm so terrified like I, I also know that I know. <laughs> it would take a while to get there it would take a, it would take a lot of work to get there now she cries weeps and wails by the Rio Grande the 
the reclamation of her, I just want to read some quotes from Gloria Ansaldúa. La Llorona typifies my reflection on the lost land, the lost homeland, because we're a people that, first of all, had an identity imposed on us by the Spaniards and then later by the Anglos. That took away our personhood, who we really were, a sense of self. Then our land was taken away. There's a loss. La Llorona is weeping and wailing for her lost children, and we're still mourning the loss of our past. La Llorona. I don't want to be scared of ghosts, but you know, at the end Me of too. the day, I'm very scared of ghosts. And Me too. I, I really go out of my way to avoid ever having to see one. Me too. <laughs> one of the ghosts I'm most scared of is a ghost without a body. It's a poltergeist. I find these to be possibly the saddest and scariest of ghosts in that they're okay. so disconnected from the ability to communicate that they just bang things around your home. Hmm. You know, in my mind, okay, so this is a this is a kinetic ghost. This is a ghost that moves. So. Like, let's choose a dance song. Let's give this ghost something to dance to oh, and yes. to celebrate. Yeah, so this next song is by Lindstrom in collaboration with Jenny Haval. It's called Bungle, uh, Like a Ghost. And this is for a ghost that only exists through motion. And it's also, I will say, this is a seven-minute song. If you have to go get a drink of water, do it. Ghosts <laughs> have to dance. They yeah. deserve Ghosts seven minutes dance. of dancing. I agree. Seven minutes in purgatory or whatever <laughs> ghosts are in. <laughs> I hope that whatever ghosts are listening to that are having a great dance party. I hope they like strung up some lights in their cemetery and maybe got like a disco ball and a smoke machine and are just having a party. <laughs> I sure hope so. There's a lot of haunting lyrics. The first one that stuck out to me is, she would feel me like a ghost. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I thought of with that is like the sweat and weight of air in a nightclub, just given that there is like that club beat. Yeah. Like what I sometimes feel is kind of an oppressive weight of uh -huh. like other people's bodies and air and everything in a club. Now I'm just going to think it's ghosts, it's which I ghosts. kind of love. Like what if all nightclubs are just like what you feel <laughs> is just ghosts hugging you all the time. They're just like, thank you. Thank you for this. What if all parties are just a way to... Honor ghosts. Honor ghosts. <laughs> oh, I'd be down with doing that. I think yeah. I'm going to start adopting that mentality Same. for parties. I think that could help I us really that. get over a fear of ghosts. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we're just like, eh, this is for you yeah. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Can't wait till the next time I go to a club and think about like ghost mist hugging me the whole time. They're grinding on you. And I loved what you were saying before about poltergeists being so disjointed from their physical entities that all they can do is bang around. Mm -hmm. And there was so much of that in this song. Like oh, yeah. there's an echo that happens that's not in time with what's going on with the beat. Yeah. There's like these piano chords that come in and those also just like they, they don't quite fit with each yeah. other in a way that gives you that sense of discombobulation. That There's a chaos yeah. to this song that evoked this image of like a haunted ballroom where like there's just a bunch of these random instruments and they all kind of just start playing on their own accord. Oh my God, I love it. Yes. And they go together, but it's kind of an accident when they do. And they're all sort of inhabited by different spirits. Thank you. 
another line that stuck out to me, just thinking about like kind of the, mm. the physical way that we are experiencing these ghosts, but this is my inscription. Yeah. This is my handwriting. So creepy. I mean, I was thinking of like when you see a note written in a used book or something like mm, uh, it's like mm-hmm. in the, their weird like 1940s handwriting. It's like to Eleanor, may you find love in this book. <laughs> but it does have an aura about it, right? Like yeah. it, you, you feel something from it. I mean, it's a it's a physical trace of motion. I think like it's it's it shows you how their body, which no longer exists, moved. Mm-hmm. Made me think about signatures uh-huh. and like this idea of yeah. it's a physical performance of a unique identifier. Uh-huh. And I love this idea that that's something that the ghost is kind of keeping with them Ooh. into this next life yeah. is that motion that is so tied with their yeah. identity of their signature. Ooh, I love that. Jenny Haval, like she <laughs> describes music as a form of human remains, oh. which I think is so I cool. Love that. And I mean, when you think about it, it is like the recorded voice is it's literally will be a human remain once you're gone. Like it's harder for me to kind of think about that in our digital age. But when I when I actually ponder records or wax Mm -hmm. cylinder recordings, Mm -hmm. I definitely get that because like the signature in a book, Mm -hmm. somehow it is like physically etching the sound waves into. I know what you mean. Right. It's the physicality of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel it's... that as a human remain. This is my gravestone. I put it on my back. This is my gravestone. I put it on my back. And carry it around with me. I put it on my back. This is my gravestone. I put it on my back and I carry it around with me. <laughs> think of was like this ghost with a little gravestone backpack so <laughs> I was cute. like oh what would you put in your gravestone backpack <laughs> it's so cute filled with like ectoplasm snacks <laughs> tangentially related I read this article in like the newspaper today and deep sea creatures primary food source it's called sea snow it's basically decayed plants and fish bodies and bodies of marine life that just snows down to the ocean floor I love this idea that they're taking dead things and making new energy out of it I love it's it it's so beautiful but yeah it re- it reminds me of like ectoplasm or like if you ever watch like ghost hunters they're like oh we got an orb we got an orb in the corner <laughs> like that you know <laughs> oh my god did i tell you that i worked in a hotel where ghost adventures adventured we worked at this hotel the casaneda in las vegas new mexico and one time okay there, there's these Two gay southern men from Alabama who moved to this very weird tiny mm-hmm. town in mm-hmm. New Mexico. And I was I was behind the bar. Uh, one of them, he was like, who's that behind you? Oh, no. <laughs> I looked around. And I was like, I, I don't see anybody. Oh, God. He's like, well, who is it? Yeah, you can't see him and I can't see him, but he's there. Oh, Jesus and I was Christ. like, I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> and he was like... Well, he thinks he's in charge, but uh-huh. he also thinks you're doing a good job. And I was like, great, okay. Lord, that's all I can ask. It's a weird way to compliment your staff, but okay. <laughs> I chose the other path to be dead. So when I held her, she would feel me like a ghost. So 
in the last song, we're talking about like etching, and I did listen to some wax cylinder recordings of ghost dances. So they originated with this one guy who's a northern Paiute in Nevada, and this was in the late 1800s, but they really spread throughout kind of the western United States. So, you know, this is a time of mm-hmm. massive westward expansion on the part of Anglos. This idea of the ghost dance was proper practice of the dance would reunite the living with spirits of the dead, bring the Mm. spirits to fight on their behalf, Mm -hmm. end kind of white westward expansion, and bring peace, prosperity, and unity to Native American peoples throughout the region. Mm -hmm. Like, by properly practicing this dance, the European settlers would leave, disappear, or respect and understand Native ways of life and Mm -hmm. integrate those into their westward expansion. So it was all about getting peace for Native Americans. It was not about killing white people. It was like, Mm -hmm. how we just need to preserve how we are. That's that's all we're trying to do. However, practice of the ghost dance movement was very was seen as really threatening by Hmm. the U.S. government. And I think Hmm. in part because it was groups of people coming together. And anytime you have groups of people you're trying to oppress come together, Mm. it's it's a big threat. So this actually led to Wounded Knee, Mm. that terrible massacre in like the end of 1890. So the song that I'm going to play is called Ghost Dance. And it's by Robbie Robertson, who's a member of the band. Oh. The song is very 90s. It's got a little bit of pure moods happening in it. Cool. But I get ready. <laughs> All right. So Ghost Dance by Robbie Robertson and the Red Road Ensemble. Impressions. There's like one lone crow call that happens in the song. I know. I heard that too. <laughs> the crows are present today. <laughs> when I heard the lone crow, I thought perhaps it was your crow that's currently watching you record through no. the window. I truly did really like that song, but like I can see some... Pure Moods echoes in it as well. Kind of Phil Collins-y. Totally, yeah. I love how it starts kind of quiet and blurry. It felt like an invocation. Mm. And slowly, like, all the instruments kind of gather together and then form into, like, the, the meat of the song. Thank you for sharing the background of the ghost dance. From the song itself, I could also get this hope and the sadness mixed with anger yeah. and betrayal and I think that comes out in just like the quality of the singer's voice it's like it's a very controlled almost like I don't want to say rage but there's an intensity brewing behind it exactly there are moments here there where like his voice breaks and you could feel it almost sounds like he's singing through like gritted teeth or something and Mm. I just there's the line that says you don't stand a chance against my love right like that's that's so beautiful I I mean I think that gets at that that idea you're talking about like this isn't a threat. There, there's not a call to fight or destroy in this song. Like It's just a call to exist and survive. It's this necessity to survive simply by loving <laughs> like yourself and your community and your history. Yeah. So that line totally gives me goosebumps all the yeah. time. Like even yeah. just saying it again, you don't stand a chance against my love. Like in yeah. the context of this like horrific historic mm-hmm. backdrop. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you put that in a different kind of song, it would just mean something different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't stand a chance against my prayers. You don't stand a chance against my love. The old land goes there. We shall live again. 
And then the other line that also makes me cry and, and just persists throughout the entire song is just We Shall Live Again. Yeah. At the end, you have a lot of like ghostly lady voices mm-hmm. singing that. Mm-hmm. Love how you're like, the beginning feels like an invocation because I feel mm-hmm. at the end when you have all those ghostly lady voices, that is when the living and the dead have kind of yeah. united. All of the calls to the different planes Indians mm-hmm. uh, he calls out to, like mm-hmm. just bringing everybody together. In that invocation of the different tribes towards the end, like a map formed of like the middle mm-hmm. of the United States. It was it was invoking kind of a map of the land. And I think it's a map of the land that a lot of white people or non-native people in the U.S. just they think of it as a ghost or a lost map. Mm. And so just being reminded that like, no, this isn't a lost history or this isn't an ancient history. This is something that still exists right now. I hate using apps as like a, a way to solve every problem, which seems sure. is like the direction we're going these days. But there's a great app you can download and it'll just automatically tell you what native land you're on as you travel through the land. It's really interesting and it gives you really interesting history about it as well. So it's just called Native Lands App. Oh, cool. We have been actively taught to think of Native Americans as as a historic relic of this country as opposed to a contemporary, active, vocal group of human beings who exist and continue to fight for the land that was It was Mm -hmm. stolen. Going back to the history echoes, like Wounded Knee happened at Standing Rock. These places are are still under attack. It's just really interesting to have these exact same places like come into conflict again and again. So bear with me in like the rationale behind this description. So my third type of ghost is EVP, electric voice phenomenon. I don't know if that's a real type of ghost, but I do know it's definitely real in like the ghost hunters world. Just like with Kate Bush, I was bound to pick Arthur Russell at some point. Well, here's the thing. Like all of his music was released posthumously. So it's getting back at this idea of human um, remains, except this album I learned three seconds before our podcast. So this is the one album that he was actually alive and like produced and wrote the liner notes for while he was living all right still it's a very ghostly song and it's called see-through because ghosts are (laughs) see-through sorry impressions i love your framing of this as an evp (laughs) yeah there are so many little sounds scratches blips Mm -hmm. there's plucking of stringed instruments his voice is processed so much in such a way that also makes it difficult to kind of interpret what he's Mm -hmm. saying and so i i was thinking of i love in ghost hunting shows when they're like oh my god why we got an evp and it's like i know spiking yeah and they're like he's totally (laughs) saying die you do you hear it it's like It's like, I, I find that so funny, but like when they like... They play it again and again and you're like, I guess I believe it. Yeah, it's so scary. Oh my God. <laughs> There's this like Ghost Hunters website or something, but it was just like a recording of a bunch of EVPs and they're all like... Burp, burp. <laughs> it's like, it's saying like, fuck you. It's like, <laughs> you're going to die. It's like, <laughs> get me out of here. Like, 
Like, no, it's not. So the, the thing that I had in my head, I was like, okay, if this is all EVPs, like, what is the message that I'm interpreting from That's these different amazing. sounds? It didn't yeah. seem like it was a particularly happy message that we were interpreting. No. It wasn't... It sounds lost. Yeah. Lost is a good word. kind of invite you to find a beat it invites you to kind of hear it as a more conventional song Mm -hmm. like every now and then those blips they like they almost catch like a disco beat a little bit i think one way i can interpret the song is like these are the decayed remains of love it a much more like normal whatever song like this is just what remains yes and i'm thinking now of like when you go uncover a tomb and the person who was buried was buried in clothing as well so you have like that kind of torn at this point now kind of sheer cloth on top of their bones nothing is quite whole you can't entirely tell what something is but you can see all these bits and pieces yeah or like their hair is like perfectly the same color it invites you to kind of reconstruct the whole so as i mentioned like arthur russell was alive when this was released Mm -hmm. but you know all of his his other work it was all uncovered after he died there is that sense of artifact yeah and remains in a lot of his music i mean he worked mostly in the 70s and the early 80s he died pretty young did he die of aids i have no idea i should know that As a gay person, you should know every person who's died of AIDS. We're forced to memorize it in gay school. I, I realized the first two songs I had were deeply about colonialism yeah. and the ghosts that colonialism creates. I think that's important. I think yeah. so too. Ghosts are uh, history. Ghosts are and history. And it's important to know history. Yes. This last one is very much not in that vein at all. But this is about kind of the lingering presence and that related to the first song, kind of that desire to hold on mm-hmm. to a lover. Mm-hmm. The song is called Reincarnation, and it's by Sam Dew. Impressions. There's a sense that there's these repeated actions that the Mm -hmm. singer keeps doing in the hopes that they're going to get that initial result, Mm -hmm. which reminded me a lot of your second song, the repeated actions of writing your name. Like, if I keep doing this thing, will that same thing emerge? Like, if I Mm -hmm. keep writing my name, that somehow solidifies my identity. There's a line of, I just don't believe you even when you say we're through over and over again. So it's also like this endless conversation. So that really reminded me of ghosts, like of ghosts who can't, they can't move on. So Mm -hmm. that line of like, I just don't believe you even when you say we're through. Then I started thinking, ooh, maybe the singer is a ghost and Ooh, yeah. cannot move on like in the sixth yeah. sense it's I'm like the, the <laughs> creepy ass like axe in the head ghost turns and then sings this gorgeous song to you while you're in the bathroom <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's a chorus of like other the other ghosts popping in out the side uh-huh. misha barton's ghost vomiting <laughs> uh, yeah 
Bruce Willis is there too in the corner. Bike helmet lady. Oh, bike helmet lady. I forgot about her. I love this idea of repetition. There's another line in the song where he says, I could hear the same news over and over again. Mm. We've been talking so much about history and kind of like the haunted history of our country and colonialism like what i'm getting at i guess is this like this sense like we're constantly just repeating the same problems and the same issues and there's this hope that we're gonna change eventually but things just keep reappearing and it's almost like we're, we're haunted by this trauma of our nation and there's this this hope for reincarnation and change i don't know if that makes sense but it does <laughs> and i'm gonna tie it yet again yeah. to the sixth sense. <laughs> Please do. Yes. Okay. I love what you're saying of we're haunted by this history. So in The Sixth Sense, poor kid has to actually like help these ghosts move on. We, though, are so unwilling to even acknowledge that there are ghosts. Yes. That we can't even get to that point of having, of forcing this child to do this like very deep emotional and spiritual labor of helping ghosts. Like entire world religions have been founded around this idea that this six year old child is doing by himself. I just don't believe you. I could hear the same news. There's this first build-up, and it becomes so satisfying. That's when he starts to say reincarnation mm-hmm. over and mm-hmm. over again. And yeah. like, there's this pleading to be reincarnated and transformed into something else. The reincarnation chorus. Oh, man, who knew a one-word chorus could be so fucking powerful? I know. It's, it's I know. amazing. Yeah. And it's like there's a lot of intensity. There's some desperation. There's a searching. Yeah. There's a pleading. There's just like this calling to this lost entity. And yeah. like he has layered his own voices as harmonies behind it and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some of them are so like banshee-esque these wails these screams that happen in the background mixed well so you're not like taken aback by it but uh pulling something from deep within you out and then the song reincarnates itself and becomes something completely different and i think he says like i don't know who you will become Mm -hmm. the song is just reincarnating and changing kind of as you are listening to it Mm. it's like someone on a train like building the tracks as they go along. Ooh, what could our future United States look like? I don't know who you will become. October of 2019, there's this exhibition at the Mutter Museum in Philadelphia. It's a creepy museum, let's just put it that way. But they've gone through some rebranding, so they're doing more like public health related um, exhibitions. And purely out of coincidence, in October 2019, they had an exhibition about the 1918 influenza epidemic which hit Philadelphia really, really hard. I think in the course of like a week, like a third of Philadelphians died. Part of the exhibit was just mapping these really anonymous deaths. Mm. A lot of it were poor people. A lot of it were people of color, recent immigrants, Mm -hmm. because they lived in the most crowded Mm -hmm. and unsanitary neighborhoods without any services. And so there was this feature where you can like look up your address and see like the name 
and a picture of available of somebody who died at any address. So like, of course, I immediately Googled my yes. address and like found the name, promptly made myself forget it because I'm just like, I do not. I'm sorry. I don't. I can't. And then the pandemic happened and I was stuck inside my house where someone in 1918 died of of a pandemic, the influenza pandemic. And I think at first I was really terrified, but having spent so much time in my house, like I'm not really saying I'm feeling a presence, but I'm feeling a comfort. This, this person that used to live in the house is like, I can see what you're going through right now. <laughs> like you're, you're doing so much better than I did. You're, you're going to be fine. It's kind of nice. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if there's something fun you can like offer up to this, just as an acknowledgement of, I know you're here and thank yeah. you for watching yeah. over me. Sometimes I'll pour a little like liquor out oh, sure. <laughs> on my little tiny altar, you know, and just be like, here you go. Don't kill me in my sleep. Thank you. <laughs> Those were our impressions. Ah.